Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another awesome episode of Geek Vibes Live Review. Um, for today's review sesh, I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me the amazing Juan. How are you? I am very good, and I am super excited to pod with you, Tia. Oh, always. We have such a great time. Um, <laughs> though I want to say that the subject matter that we'll be reviewing today isn't overly uh, fun, but we are reviewing Showtime's The Comey Rule, which was a two-part miniseries premiered earlier this week on Showtime. It comes from the, uh, well, it was written and directed by Billy Ray, who actually wrote both Captain Phillips and Richard Jewell, which it kind of, it was funny to me, Juwan, that Richard Jewell uh, garnered a lot of controversy due to people believing that it was too conservative and shined a negative light on Olivia, uh, oh God, Wilde, yeah, her character. But the Comey rule is being kind of criticized for being very far left. So it's funny that Billy Ray has kind of been involved in uh, both sides of the spectrum, essentially. Yeah, I have not seen Richard Jewell. I was not that blown away by um, Captain Phillips. Um, so heading into this, I was kind of like, I don't, I don't really know what to expect. Um, but once I started watching it, it was just like, whoa, I can't stop. And then I remember when I finished the first part, I was like, oh, crap, I got to wait for the second part. And <laughs> when it popped up saying, you can watch the second part now, I said, oh, sweet. Um, so I just binged it all. And um, I, I really, truly in, in, enjoyed it. So I will say that I, I did like Captain Phillips and I really liked Richard Jewell. I watched it. I thought that it was fantastic, honestly, but that was in part of, um, oh God, the guy who played the main character. I just thought he did a really good job, but um, I was excited for the Comey rule because I like political dramas. Um, I think you as well really enjoyed House of Cards, as did I. Mm -hmm. So um, in that sort of world is something that I enjoy. It's just that um, the Comey rule is based on former FBI director James Comey's book called A Higher Loyalty. And this, I believe, is the first, and I will say this right now, uh, Juwan and I are going to try not to get overly political here and just uh, view the Comey rule essentially as just a piece of television, although it is difficult because it is, I believe, the first thing that has ever been made to kind of criticize a president while he is still president, SNL not like uh, counting, essentially. So it obviously garnered a lot of attention because it was surrounding the 2016 election, uh, Hillary Clinton's emails, uh, Donald Trump. So obviously things like this are going to kind of hit a hot spot, I want to say. But the interesting thing about the Comey rule is that it was originally meant to premiere after the 2020 presidential election. And apparently Billy Ray, along with a bunch of other cast members from the Comey rule, all banded together and pretty much begged Showtime to put it out before the election, a decision that Showtime decided to do. Um, my question to you, Joanne, first is, do you think that this show really had any sort of decision on who people vote for? I, I felt that it didn't, but I want to hear your thoughts. Um, I think it was a reminder. Um, I, I think if there's anybody out there that um, maybe necessarily was like, this, you know, he's not that bad. I think this show definitely reminded you of some of his more horrible highlights uh, during his campaign. Um, but to me, I, I always view it like this, Tia. This is how I view this year's election, right? You have people that um, are going to vote for Trump regardless. There's, there's nothing he could do that would change their minds, right? And then you have the people that are like, it was so horrible 
these four years. I'll take anything but another four years of this. So I always view it as whoever his, um, trying to figure out the word, whoever his main base of um, supporters are, I'll say that, or voters, supporters, whatever you want to say, whatever his main base is, it's not going to waver. Um, so this coming out won't change anyone's mind who loves Trump. Um, this show would only influence those that are maybe on the fence. Like, you know, there's some people that are like, I really don't like Joe Biden, but I really don't like Trump. You know, it's hard for me to decide. Maybe this helped their decision. Um, but we know those Trump supporters, there's nothing to sway that. <laughs> Not even a little bit. And that is really what I was getting at, because to me, if you are someone who is a diehard Trump supporter, diehard on the right, I don't think you're watching this show. I think it's those who may be, as you said, in the middle, people who are like, oh, God, I really don't like Joe Biden, um, but I don't really necessarily like Trump. And then you watch this and uh, maybe you get some insight on things that you weren't necessarily aware of, like. I will let you know right now that I feel that I wasn't overly aware of what the FBI did, which I know sounds bad, but you just always hear like, well, the FBI, right? But does anyone really sit down and think, well, what the hell does the FBI do? Um, and they really made it seem as if the FBI is this very apolitical sort of place that really just kind of pushes politics out there. Like, the show starts, let's talk, let's start with part one, right? The show starts, we have Jeff Daniels as Comey, who's meeting with Barack Obama, played by, um, oh gosh, I should have had his name in front of me. Um, but it's funny because this actor is British and he's playing two major American characters, um, both as Barack Obama in the Comey rule, and he is going to be playing uh, Malcolm X in something upcoming. So very interesting there. But what did you think about that scene between Comey and Obama? Because I think that that scene really served as a scene just to show you like the opposing uh, scenes between Comey and Obama. And then later we'll talk about Comey and Trump. Um, well, I loved it. Um, and quite like you, uh, here's the thing to you. I am very big about staying far away from politics. Um, I like to, of course, know how it affects me, but outside of that, I'm just really not interested because I have a very, a very weird idea on how I view politics. Um, it, it, to me, it's literally all corrupt, both sides, a hundred percent. Um, you know, it's and just people don't like, and people don't like to talk about that. You know, that's something very much that if you try to bring that up for either side, they immediately, um, you know, accuse you of being on the other side. And it's like, oh, I'm just trying to bring up things. <laughs> right. Like to me, I don't, and it, 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 I know it's going to sound bad, but I don't ever fault someone for going with the best of a bad situation. Um, and if you feel as though, you know, one side is better than the other, uh, even if it's slightly, by all means, go with that. Just know you have to live with that decision. Um, so, but that, that's how I view it. But anyway, back to the question that you asked me. Um, I really loved it. One thing about this that I loved was a lot of times when I watch, because um, like you said, we both love political dramas and stuff like that. Um, I love how this felt real, not, not the premise of it, but the conversation, you know, how sometimes they have to Hollywood it up a little bit. Some of the conversations never happened. They just did it to, for Hollywood. It felt so real. Um, and the way that lines were delivered, the, the way that the acting was, I, I loved it. And his Obama was really good. Um, there were at times where the inflection of his voice, I was like, that's really awesome. Um, obviously he looks nothing like Obama, but the way he was able to inflect his voice at certain moments and then lower it when Obama takes that little stutter, uh, when he speaks, uh, he did a really, really, really good job. Um, I was trying to look up his name. I'll get it before we end this, uh, before we end the show, but, um, I really did enjoy that, that beginning there. 
Yeah, he really didn't look like Obama, but then again, I really don't feel like Jeff Daniels looked like Comey. If you look at what James Comey looks like and Jeff Daniels, I feel that they don't necessarily look alike, but I'll start off right, well, I know I already started off. My second follow-up really is, what did you think of Jeff Daniels as uh, James Comey? Um... I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. I don't know much about uh, Comey to, to really have that deep of a, if he necessarily did good or bad. But I will say this. Um, <laughs> I I was rooting for him. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, I definitely found myself like, he is not a bad guy, which made me feel so weird because I don't know anything about the actual person it's about so i'm like he could be like the worst human being on 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 the planet but this actor here is making me love this guy so much right now and i'll I'll even say tia what kind of made me um like root for him a little bit was literally at the very beginning where um he was like you know what are you working on like shouldn't you update me on whatever it is because i'll be inheriting it and then the guy threw it at him I was just like, all right. All right. Oh, God. When that guy threw... Okay, I'm sorry. I'm so happy you brought that up. So uh, the the guy who the actor's supposed to be playing is Robert Mueller, which right. I, I remember seeing things in the news about him. And for the life of me, all of a sudden, it's like the past four years have been such a blur where you're like, I forget now what you were involved in. But um, either way, when he threw that piece of paper at Comey, and then Comey just kind of like sat there. I was like, oh no, <laughs> I, uh, how do you react to that? I was so surprised. And the fact that like Comey acted so even keel was like, do you just wake up and like naturally feel this way? Or are you like taking something every day to be this mellow? <laughs> yeah, no, he, um, I-, I tell you what, um, <laughs> throwing anything at another at another person I won't even say just a man at another person usually doesn't end that well um I will say in the face of adversity he seems like and again I wish I knew more about the actual guy but in the face of adversity he seemed like there was nothing that could waver him um Mm -hmm. even when it was like he he saw what it was doing to his family it was just like nope not bothering me not going to let it uh, waver me uh, left or right. Um, and that's difficult. That is really difficult. Like, could you picture someone you, you, you truly love, like, pleading with you? Like, don't do it. And then you looking them in the eyes and going, I'm going to do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that takes a lot of willpower. Um, and they definitely made Comey seem like a very strong-willed individual. He definitely seemed very strong-willed um even at there was some point when after they do all of the research on hillary clinton's emails and they're ready to kind of deliver their findings and remember that comey didn't want to deliver that standing next to loretta lynch because there was that thing where loretta lynch um uh, met with Bill Clinton and that automatically kind of did this air of um, you know like she was stained pretty much she was tainted so he was like I can't stand next to her he's like so I'm gonna make the the speech myself and his whole team was like that's a bad idea like they kept telling him that is a really bad idea the FBI never does that he's like yeah I'm gonna do it though <laughs> like i i was watching it going like you know your team is telling you this for a reason maybe you should listen to him but i felt like he was just so convinced about his convictions that he was like i don't care what this looks like to you guys i don't care if this is against the fbi norm i need to make it obvious that our investigation was not swayed at all by anything. Is that how you felt when you were watching that? I, all right, so I think we're going to get to this, but I'm going to 
step on it a little early because it, it, it kind of pertains to what you're asking me. When they said mm-hmm. that he seemed very arrogant, that is right. what I viewed as arrogant, where his team kept saying, you can't keep going up there and talking to him. If he wants to talk to you, it has to go through proper channels. You just have to stop showing up. Um, and he kept showing up. So when I kept seeing that, <laughs> I'm like, that is probably what they meant by arrogant. Cause it's like, dude, stop doing this. Um, and I don't know, part of, I feel like part of him kind of felt like, you know, he's so shut off from being, uh, you know, uh, persuaded or convinced to go against what he believes. So to him, I think he felt like meeting up with, with Trump wasn't a big deal because it wasn't like Trump could bribe him. It wasn't like Trump could persuade him. So he kind of felt like it's a powerless meetup because there's nothing he can do to sway me. Like I won't, I won't allow it. But honestly, what he wasn't understanding was you're allowing him to feel as though there is a chance that you're on his side because you keep showing up (laughs) like just stop showing up yeah and I think that that is obviously what everyone meant when they kept calling him egotistical and arrogant to me I guess just when you think of someone who's egotistical and arrogant it's like they think they're the shit right? right and I don't think that Comey thought that way of himself um maybe i i know that he was strong in in his convictions but i never felt i never felt like he was egotistical but perhaps you're right that if a bunch of people who have had years of experience in the field and they're your team they're supposed to be your most trusted uh co-workers are telling you it's a bad idea and you're saying no i got this i can handle this that is a level of arrogance there so you are you are right um i wanted to before we go into say part two because a lot happened in part two and i think that's where we'll really get to like the juiciness of all this but I have to say, and I know that this is now us towing into, say, um, like real life politics for a second, but what I liked that I felt that the show captured is, so at the end of part one, when they announced that Trump is the winner and Hillary Clinton lost the election, um, actually, I guess it's like right in the beginning of part two, but everyone trying to um, pretty much reason with themselves about yeah. like, well, maybe these next four years won't be bad. Maybe he'll have a bunch of advisors that will help him out. You know, I, maybe it's not so, so bad. And I, I me personally, and I'll get your thoughts on this. I, I felt that <laughs> I was like, that is exactly how it was when that first happened. And the fact that they captured it so perfectly, I thought was just brilliant. So what did you think of that? I couldn't stop laughing because everything they kept saying, well, maybe it won't, well, maybe it will, well, maybe it won't, well, they can't let him, is everything he ended up doing over the course of four years. Like the first person was- Yeah, 100%. First person was like, no way his team lets him uh, rule the country uh, through a tweet. And it's like, they did. (laughs) And then like before before, uh, everyone went to vote, they were like, no way a guy goes from- um, the apprentice to being president it was like he did it was like they were going down like a checklist of like no way it's like no that all happened man <laughs> like all of it was true um I, the scene I, that good the scene that i thought was particularly funny is when those two characters and i forget their names now but the two people in the fbi who were sleeping together and they're like about to get it on and the girl says something along the lines of like he's not really going to be present is he and the guy goes don't worry we won't let it happen she thinks that he means the fbi and he's like no we the people and she's like oh honey you actually believe that and (laughs) i I thought that was funny as hell i'm sorry i couldn't stop laughing (laughs) no a, a, a whole bunch of that was hilarious just because <clears throat> we kind of look at it as we're on the outside of the of those four years. They were about to embark on those four years. 
So the level of skepticism of no way this lasts a full four years, no way they let him do that or say that. And then the one, the one lady was like, he said, grab them by the crotch. Like, did we forget? He said, grab them by the crotch. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, they didn't care. They, they, they did not care. They did not care when they voted for him. Um, so that was just, it uh, was, a lot of that ending was hilarious. It was certainly interesting seeing everything from their perspective because we're the public. We are the ones who are like watching the news constantly, see them talking about the investigation, this that's going on, that's going on. Oh, um, you know, they're reopening it. They found all these other tweets, the Anthony we- or Andrew, I forget his name, Anthony Weiner or whatever, the whole thing that happened with that guy. Um, but I will say that I, I felt bad for Comey's family because his wife was very pro-Hillary. His daughters were very pro-Hillary. And they go to that women's march and they have to deal with people pretty much around them talking crap about their, you know, her husband, their dad, you know, saying that he's the one who um, really ruined all of this. And they're sitting there going, you know, he was just trying to do what he thought was right. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. But I will say one person, uh, they were saying it's like a snide comment. One person said something that I had always felt, um, which was, I don't believe, and we don't have to get much into this, but I I just thought it was really important. I just thought it was really kind of interesting that they threw that in there as like a, a snide remark. But I really don't think she had the best campaign. Um, I, I do kind of feel, no, not at all. I do kind of feel like her team was like, there's no way anyone's going to vote for this guy. And they did, <laughs> you know, um, so I <laughs> think part of her campaign was kind of just resting on her laurels of like, you know, no one's going to vote for this guy. He has no background. Like who would vote for him? And it was like a lot of people, mm. unfortunately, <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I thought that was really interesting that they threw that in there, but I do love how Hillary centric, um, his wife and and, and daughters were, um, and how she literally started crying (laughs) when when Trump had won. It was like her world was over. Um, but I will say to you, the, the biggest thing for me out of episode one was the shot of him kind of pulling the curtains back as he walks out. Um, oh, yeah. Acceptance, um, albeit one of the most disgusting sights in the history of the presidency, but um, it was beautifully <laughs> shot. And I can't, I can't take that away from that show. That was very beautifully shot. It was to show you, like, it's about to get real. Um, <laughs> like, that's how you end it. And I thought that was a great shot. The two things I wanted to point out before I uh, switch back is I like that they had Sally Yates um, come out and go, oh, when I went to bed, she was ahead by whatever, you know, how how much does she win by? And I went to bed and she was winning. (laughs) Um, So I remember that. And at some point, Trump asks Comey, I wonder how I would have done if I was going up, up against Bernie. And that is something that I thought last election, and that is something that I thought this election. But for some reason, the country doesn't want to give my man Bernie a chance, but we don't have to get into that. Um, (laughs) My question to you is, were you shocked that they withheld Trump until part two? No, because I I think when you call it Comey's rule, I think a lot of people thought it would be too Trump-heavy. So I think the whole point was to show you everything that they possibly could about Comey because that second episode was going to be not, well, yeah, technically second part or second, episode, whatever you want to call it, um, was going to be so Trump heavy. You know, you didn't want it to water down what you were trying to, to showcase about Comey. So it was like, let me give you Comey. And then once you get that, you understand who he is, you understand his motivations, you understand what drives him, you understand what side of the, you know, of the road he's on then you can bring in Trump um, and it won't detract from anything Comey because you've established that already. Right, right. I I thought it was a great decision because we knew that 
shit was going to get real and you needed a whole like second part of that um i have to go and like what did you think of brendan gleason's performance because the only time we've seen anyone portray trump is when they're mocking him right you know on snl alec baldwin people you know frequently do that we've never say had a serious um adaptation of this person and i want to say right now i saw a few people online kind of criticizing the makeup say um on brendan gleason but i thought it was great (laughs) i was like that's what he really looks like. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a pretty outrageous. The but I thought it was outrageous because of how true it was. I didn't think that they went cartoonish at all. Um, I mean, that's the way his hair looks. That's the way his fake spray tan looks. So, what did you think about that? Um, there were moments where it was like <clears throat> I-, I could feel like he was Trump. Um, they definitely got all the stupid stuff uh, Trump says. They they definitely nailed that. Um, but there were moments where I really felt like he was Trump. Um, I, I thought he did a great job. I mean, it's always hard to do that. Um, you look at when Denzel did Malcolm X, he looked nothing like Malcolm X. But his performance was so powerful that didn't really matter. Um, so you look at this situation and you go, he kind of looked like Trump a little bit. Um, the mannerisms were perfect. Um, you know, the, the inflection and the dialect of, of, of how he was talking, I thought was really well. The only other person I thought that does like a really good Trump is like Alec Baldwin. Um, outside of him, I'm like, no one really does a, a good Trump. Um, but this guy, he nailed it. I, I thought he did a great job. Which I think is hard because the actor is irish um i don't know how these british and irish actors are able to like capture an american accent so well because i'm telling you right now if they had me in a show and they're like okay so you're gonna play someone who's irish i'd be like i can't keep that up the whole time that's impossible for me um so you know the fact that he is an irish actor and the guy who played obama as a british actor are able to keep their voices so even keel the whole time it's just so impressive but yeah i thought that brendan gleason did a very good job as trump that's it's hard you know i feel that um as playing trump you're are opening yourself up to a level of criticism and you're opening yourself up to a level of um you know people just kind of people who are supporters being really pissed at you and you run the risk of anything else that you're in someone making a comment uh remember that time that he you know did this or something and i think that i had read that at originally brendan gleason had turned down the role for that very reason he didn't want to be responsible to bring a cartoonish uh trump to the screen and i think billy ray convinced him by saying that um you know this we are not looking to do an snl skit uh you will be betraying the man and you and then i think brendan gleason said that he would do it as long as he didn't have to do any press for the show so he understood that this is a big thing that you're playing this person he's a a sitting u.s president uh, however you may feel of him, he's the president, he has a very strong base, and if you're playing him, that opens you up to a level of criticism. But I thought that he, he was very good in that role. I thought he was intimidating, Juwan. Like, I had shown Brittany a trailer of the Comey rule, and she was like, why is he, like, this horror movie villain? I'm scared. <laughs> and at some point... And at some point, um, remember, one of Comey's team members said, this is how a mob boss talks. So, yeah. and I felt that. Did you feel that when during certain scenes? Yeah, here's the thing, though. Um, I think he's, and again, I, 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 I'm trying my best to, to, you know, dull down my slander of him. To toe the line. <laughs> when he speaks, I'll say this instead of uh, putting a definitive on it. When he speaks, he sounds like a bully. Um, so it makes sense that he screams intimidation. 
Um, so, I mean, I completely felt that. And, and to your point earlier, there was no mockery of, of Trump uh, by this actor. None whatsoever. Everything that he said and portrayed is everything that you could Google and watch on YouTube from the actual Trump. Um, so I don't think there was any mockery. I don't think there was any disrespect uh, put towards him. The only thing I think uh, someone could possibly get offended by is the conversation that they had at dinner um, and a lot of uh, certain conversations only because we don't know what those conversations were when you're telling me that it takes place between just two individuals. Um, so that's where you kind of have your uh, where you kind of have to Hollywood it up a bit. Um, but everything else, him at the podium, uh, his remarks on, on social media, stuff like that, um, that's all real. Like, he is a real-life bully, um, for sure. Um, so I, I, I thought that yeah. was very accurate. Yeah, you can look all of that up. Everything that he said in the show, um, he has tweeted about, he said on it. Um, yeah, there were... He didn't make, say, like, the hand mannerisms that Alec Baldwin does when he does his Trump. And so to me, I'm like, to me, I didn't feel that they were trying to cartoon him up. I, to me, he was intimidating. Um, the way he even talked to his staff, right? There's that one part where he's talking to everyone and he says he wants to just talk to Jim and Jeff Sessions is sitting there. He's like, thanks, Jim, you can go. And then he turns back, thanks, Jeff uh, Sessions, you can go. And then he says to Jared Kushner, you can go. And just like even that, like the way he like so like brushed people off was so amazing. Um, I have to say, didn't you think that that actor who played Jeff Sessions, who I don't know who that actor is, didn't he look just like, not Jeff Sessions, I'm sorry, Jared Kushner. Didn't he look exactly like Jared Kushner? I'm like, that could be his twin. Yeah, no, he definitely did. Um I will say we we didn't even uh, well, I don't I don't know if we were getting to this but the one thing that I was just oh don't we're getting to like the big scene <laughs> oh no no no, no. I, I was talking about the scene that I was like wow um, when they were talking about him at like a a pageant and he was just like rubbing this girl's shoulders like super intensely yeah. I was just like yeah that seems like a guy that would say grab him by the crotch that 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 kind of fits him that that seems like that guy um but no like we were saying they didn't they didn't make a mockery of the character i felt as though it was very true like it it, it seems like the guy that i watch uh on tv all the time um that it seems like that bully I do have to say really quick before we keep going, um, I did not watch the presidential debate just because I had an idea in my head of where it would go, but I watched a clip from a YouTuber and it gave me a massive headache and I was like, I could not have imagined watching however long this actually was. So yeah, um, but let, um, let's go to the big like scene right i mean to me i just feel like it has to be one of the most talked about scenes it has to be uh to me i think it was the scene that uh comey the real comey really outlined during his kind of uh grand jury trial and all that and that is the one-on-one -on -one dinner scene between comey and trump um walk me through what your thoughts were during that scene Say that last part one more time. I'm sorry. Oh, no problem. Um, I was talking about the dinner scene between Comey and Trump, and I kind of just want you to walk me through your thoughts of that scene. Um, it was very – I felt uncomfortable for him because, remember, right before that scene, his wife was like, you're going to go to dinner with him? Oh, no, no. He had, said, he had walked into our office and said, we're going to have to cancel dinner. Um, she said, you have better, you know, like better, a better option. And he's like, ah, well, the president. And she's like, just the two of you? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm sure it's not just going to be the two of us. And then he gets to the door and the guy's like, he'll be right in. He's like, just the two of us? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so that whole setup was hilarious to me because he's like, no, no way. He just has just the two of us. And then he gets to the door and it's like, oh two of us like i don't want to be here <laughs> uh 
Um, but I will say that was a very intense moment. That was so intense. Um, and then it was ruined. I don't want to say ruined in a bad way, but it was ruined by how weirdly he ate that ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, thank you. I was uncomfortable. I felt like, okay, this is going to sound really bad, or I'm just saying from the stance of like how the actor portrayed it, I felt like I was watching some like person in a nursing home, like eat their ice cream or something like that. I was so uncomfortable. I was like, did you, do you not know how to eat ice cream? No one tell you? (laughs) Yeah. And to me, I, I, to me, I'm all about picking up on, on signals. If I look across you and you haven't eaten not one spoon of your ice cream, mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming one or two things. I'm either eating my ice cream very intensely that it's making you uncomfortable or you want to go. Um, <laughs> so the way he just sat there and didn't really want to eat anything was just like a clear sign of like, he just wants to go. Like, let him go, please. <laughs> like, let him leave here. Yeah, he, I noticed that, like, Comey didn't eat his shrimp when the shrimp was put down. He didn't eat his ice cream. I'm wondering if he ate anything that dinner or if they just, like, kept taking things back. But I felt that that scene was very intense. Um, The way that they framed it just with Trump coming into the room and, He's standing in the doorway and you can really just only see his shadow at first. And he says something along the lines of, oh, I like that someone who is on time. Um, And you could feel during the talk, Comey kept trying to tell Trump kind of the ethics of how people should act, um, like the head of the FBI and the president. And it seemed that Trump just either didn't get it or was purposely ignoring that but what i think comey was trying to purposely ignore was every time trump said i need loyalty he either shut his mouth or at some point he goes well you'll always always get honesty with me and trump's like yeah honest loyalty and it's like to me in that moment I felt like he was a mob boss because when the way he was saying that was saying as if like, if, if Comey doesn't agree with him, I, he's going to end up in the back of a trunk or something like that. Yeah. You know, Tia, how much of a, um, <clears throat> excuse me, how much of a Godfather fan I am. Um, that screamed a typical Godfather dinner um, to where it was like, yeah. you're like, Oh, he invited me to a nice dinner. We're just going to eat, talk a little shop. And the next thing you know, <laughs> you're being strangled as someone drives a knife through your hand. Like, that's what that scene felt like. Um, and I kept watching and like, I know he's not going to kill Comey, but <laughs> it kind of feels like he is. But are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know. Maybe he is going to do it. Um, but no, it, it very much was an intimidation thing. Um, we know that all the time. I mean, we, we talked about this, Tia, to where we were saying how um, whenever you need to do something, there's never a need for you to ever necessarily be alone with an individual. Um, right. So it's like, oh, you know, I wanted to learn more about my lines. Like, oh, come, you know, come to my house later. Like that's not really needed. You know, like you could be around other people and still practice your lines. Um, so when he got there and saw that it was just two chairs, I think he understands fully what, uh, what message Trump was trying to get across and that was intimidation. Well, I think that he then also understood um, what Trump was trying to tell him because as soon as Comey gets into his car, he starts writing notes. Now, listen, we don't know the, if he really was writing notes. I think that's something that they said that he did, um, but we don't know. Right. We're not in the know there. We're not in the FBI. Um, I guess if the FBI is listening, I don't know what you do. Um, But uh, in this, they portray him as writing notes down, which then help him later on. But I just thought that was really interesting that he was writing notes as he was um, leaving the dinner because I feel that he knew something wasn't right. 
you know, this is not the relationship that he had while he was the head of the FBI when Obama was in office. But this is a completely different person, and he does things differently because he um, isn't a politician or whatever. But what I did want to mention is I wanted to shine light on Michael Kelly as Andrew McCabe. And you should know Michael Kelly, Juwan, because he's actually in House of Cards. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. When I tell you I squealed when I saw him, uh, I love <laughs> him in House of Cards. I think he is a phenomenal actor. I believe his name was Doug in House of Cards, or I could be mistaken. It was something yeah. like that. Um, but he does a great job. Um, and what I loved about his, his portrayal in, in this, uh, in this series was how <laughs> Trump kept, uh, kept taking digs at him and Comey was like, no, <laughs> sir, he respects you and he'll do what his job tells him to do. And like Trump kept saying, are you sure? He's like, I don't think he likes me. And it's like, he likes you just fine. <laughs> <laughs> like he was just so done wait that was a great impression that was so great <laughs> <laughs> well thank you <laughs> um I, I, yeah I, For, I so the dynamic between the three of them it, it was just like comey was like i don't want to be in the middle of this <laughs> like, like i hate this so much it felt a little like high school when someone's like I don't think that person likes me and you're friends with both of them and you're like no I swear blah 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 likes you why don't they ever like want to hang out well they're just busy all the time no that person doesn't like me I'm gonna talk shit about them and you're like oh and then you see the person the next day and the person's like you know did that person talk shit about me and you're like oh no I like you, I swear. Um, that's how it felt to me. But I do really like Michael Kelly. I believe that he is very underrated. He was great in House of Cards. Um, he was also in Jack Ryan season two. And he was very good in that. So it's it's really funny. Because I was looking on Twitter. And there was something backdated from 2017 when someone said that if they ever wanted to cast someone to play Andrew McCabe, they should cast Michael Kelly. And I'm like, oh, well, look at that. That actually happened. Because um, he does look fairly like the real person. I saw the side by side. But um, I liked his character, at least in the show. I did like that Trump kept doing, like, digs. Oh, well, you know, his wife lost, you know, blah, blah, blah. But what I really liked, and we didn't discuss this when we were talking about part one, but I liked how everyone kept bringing up that he, you know, drove into work in a Porsche and he had matching cufflinks. And he pretty much is like, I didn't get where I am by being like rich, essentially. And I think that, I think that uh, he was a realist that I believe Comey needed on his side. No, I, I would completely agree with you on that. And to me, I kind of feel like if you worked hard to get what you got, it's not necessarily flaunting it. It's just like, I worked really hard to be able to, i tell you what, Tia, if I ever get rich, I would 100% take a helicopter everywhere I go. Um, and it wouldn't be to flaunt it. It would <laughs> be like, do you know how hard I worked to get here? Um, like now that I am here, I want to do like crazy outrageous stuff that I never could before. Um, you know, and to me, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. So to me, I kind of view it as, um, you know who you are. And as long as you do, you're secure with yourself. And if you're secure with yourself, do what makes you happy. And if that makes you happy, go ahead and do it. Yeah, exactly. And I just felt like, um, I, I like that he stood up at least for all that because he was getting nailed kind of when it came to uh his car and how he dressed and all that and he just kind of put his foot down where he was like um I don't give a shit what you think I'm gonna drive into work in my Porsche which I'm like damn it I wish I had a Porsche but um I wanted to move on to the next character that I wanted to talk about because it then the two characters kind of intertwine at this point, but you know 
that I was really happy to see my man Scoop McNary in this show um, playing the very weaselly Rod Rosenstein. Now, I was really surprised to see that he was kind of playing, say, the narrator um, in all this. And I will say that I virtually know nothing about Rod Rosenstein, the real person. I've just heard his name said a bunch of times, and that is it. So we have um, Scoot McNary as Rod Rosenstein, who is kind of narrating the whole thing. He's talking about how uh, egotistical Comey is, and he's talking all this smack kind of about Comey, but then at the same time, it looked like he kind of respected Comey. I mean, he was asking Comey to come speak to uh, the, his people. He was asking for advice. Um, so what did you think about that dynamic? I didn't like him, and I'll tell you why I didn't like him. Um, when he said to when Comey was trying to give him really solid advice, um, it just seemed like he wasn't listening to it. And we also saw his character kind of spit in the face of it because he failed at it. Um, like, yes. remember when he was telling him about the, you know, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of candy did you eat as a kid, blah, blah, blah. The one lady was like, excuse me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so awkward. It was such an awkward scene where I was like, please stop. You you don't have the personality to pull that off. Not at all. Um, and then what was funny was towards the end, uh, with it looks like the kid was the secretary, um, he was being super douchey. Um, yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, I will say his character was put under so much pressure. Um, definitely was. I can understand that, but I will forever love Scoot McNary as an actor, but this character was a little douchey. But I loved how douchey he played him. Like, I love that that was, it got across how douchey he was. And you're right, the, um, the kid, I guess he was an intern or maybe an assistant, because he worked for Sally Yates as well. And at the end of it, um, Rod Rosenstein, I believe, got fired from that position, and it's time for him to pack up his office, and the kid tries to give him, like, really solid advice, you know, that the same advice that Sally Yates had gave him, right, like, go outside, you know, blah, 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 that brings comfort to me, and he's like, good for you, that's literally what he said, good for you, and then there was at some point where he goes, I guess this is the time where Comey would help you pack up and ask about your life story, huh? And he's like, yeah, he would. And he's like, what a showboat, and walked out. And it's like, you're a douche. But I wanted to say that, so you have his character who's super douchey. And at first, it's like, he seems like he likes uh, James Comey. But I think that everyone knows that he's a bit of a snake in the grass, because there's at some point where James Comey again see this is the thing is sometimes I don't think that Comey it was egotistical I think he was honestly naive sometimes because there was one scene where he says something along the lines of oh well things will be better once Rod uh becomes the DAG you know he'll he'll be okay and someone's like no Rod will throw someone under the bus like he always does and as soon as Rod speaks with Jeff Sessions Jeff Session goes, so how soon can we talk about James Comey getting fired? And this is someone who literally Rod had asked for this guy to come speak to his people, yada, yada, ask advice. And he goes, oh, yeah, no, that's something we should definitely think about. And then later on, and I'm, I'm skipping because I want to get to this one scene, but we see Rod talking to Trump. Trump is very intimidating. I love the angle, by the way of uh rod sitting and trump just looking so like intimidating and massive telling him write this up right so obviously rod gets the short end of the stick of everyone saying that he's the one who came up with the letter and now we are finally at the scene between andrew and rod where rod is literally crying and andrew's trying to be very like you know even asking him have you been eating have you been seeing your family have you been sleeping and then rod says um i could wear a wire 
next time I go see Trump. Um, John, what did you think about that scene? Because to me, that scene was like crazy. I was like, this guy's literally falling apart. And Andrew is looking at him like, oh my God. Yeah, no, that's never a position you want to willingly put yourself in. Um, you want to try <laughs> to never usually let people know how desperate you are in a situation. Um, that's when they take advantage. Like, all right, do you know what they could do to you if they found out you were secretly recording the president of the United States? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not an easy thing to just do. Like, spies do stuff like that to you. Like, I'm pretty sure that's considered to be treason. Like, I'm pretty 100%, sure. A hundred percent. But that's why when, when you watch movies, they have, like, Tom Cruise's Ethan Hunt do stuff like that. They don't just have, like, a regular person do that. Um, so I'm like, him just willing to do that was insane. Um, yeah, it was not a good moment for him, Tia. No, it definitely wasn't. Um, him just saying that he would wear a wire. Andrew's just looking at him like, um, I'll get back to you on that, Rod. And I was like, yo, you are so lucky that Andrew didn't decide in that moment to like say something. Um, that was just crazy. So we'll, as we're wrapping up here, right, about the uh, two parts of the Comey rule, I wanted to talk about really quick that, so Comey gets fired. And according to the real James Comey, and I think this is public knowledge that he didn't know he was getting fired and he literally saw it on TV. Um, That scene to me was really sad because he's trying to convince all of these people why they should join the FBI, why it's a good institution to be involved in. And just in that moment, he sees James Comey fired from being in the FBI. And he has to try to like finish up what he's saying. I thought it was honestly heartbreaking. I think that Jeff Daniels did a really good job in uh, getting that the emotions there across while also trying to be reserved because you don't want to start crying in front of a bunch of people like that. So what did you think about that scene? I thought his performance was masterful um, because I always view acting as this. You could overact, you could underact. Very few could be just right on the nose. Um, And that's what separates the good from the great. Um, And I thought he did a great job in that moment, especially when I I thought what was funny about it was like how he just happened to look over and was like, what the hell is this? Like, What is going on here? Um, But yeah, that's that's usually never the way you want to ever find out um, about anything is watching it on television. Um, So, I mean, you know, that was and of course he didn't know he was going to be fine. I I 100 percent believe that. Um, you're not usually supposed to know up until when they tell you. Um, so I'm like, yeah, there was nothing shocking about that. But no, I thought he did a masterful job of of not being too high or too low, just right. Goldilocks and the Bears. He was just right in that scene. Well, I mean, you would hope that if you're getting let go, your boss actually calls you up and says you're being let go. You don't turn on, uh, you know, CNN and see that you're let go, you know? Yeah, um, I don't want just... to show up to work and try to log in and, like, the computer's like, <laughs> oh, you don't work here anymore. Like, no, a human should have told me that. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, he should have gotten a call. And I don't think, is according to the show, Trump ever said anything to him he he had to get a call from andrew who read a letter to him uh pretty much which was crazy and what the show seems to get across is that and again i don't know this in real life i'm talking about it from the show perspective that comey was very well liked among the fbi um they did not want to see him go they did not like that he got fired um and you could feel that but so then in that part, uh, Andrew becomes, you know, the temporary head of the FBI. And I just wanted to say that I loved the scene where um, he's talking to, tr- it's like 
as you said, right, you said that you were loving, like, how Trump kept asking, like, oh, does Andrew like me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, finally, Trump and Andrew are talking to each other, albeit on the phone, but they're talking to each other. And Trump is like, I want to know uh, how James Comey took an official plane home, you know, let's in- open an investigation in on that and andrew's like we can but it would be a very short investigation i authorized it he was like i did it and the line that stuck out to me was trump going oh i heard your wife uh lost her elect her campaign or whatever and he goes why don't you ask your wife what it feels like to be a loser Ooh, those are fighting words if they were in person with each other yeah, no, I always feel to you, uh, th- this is how I've gone about living life. I always feel as though there's always a way to say something to somebody. Um, you know, even if you're, you know, even if you're a boss and you're trying to, um, you know, get them to do what you, there's just ways to talk to human beings. Um, and how he spoke to him is how someone with the largest amount of lack of respect uh, for someone, uh, that's how they talk to them. And I, I, I keep saying to you, these people have great patience. I don't know how much of that I would have let slide. Uh, president or no president is just, hey, hey, man, hey, hey, you ain't gonna bring up my wife, you know, like, <laughs> like, like you, you're not, you're not gonna play these kinds of games. But um, it, it, it speaks to the intimidation factor. It speaks to the bully factor um, that we've come to know these past four years yeah exactly um so before we wrap everything up Joanne, is there any scene or anything that you had wanted to mention that i had forgotten to put on my list uh yeah his apparent r kelly scene uh where he's peeing on on stuff oh god (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that honestly oh god yeah because wasn't the thing it was like that he had hired some prostitutes in russia and the obamas slept in that bed or something right it was a it was the rich carlton i think it was uh that the obama it was the room in the bed the obamas had stayed in uh you know when they were there and apparently it the story i felt like was getting jumbled it was originally he and the other girls were peeing on the bed and then Trump kept saying, why would I pee on anybody? And I'm like, I don't think anyone said you did pee on anybody. <laughs> I think they were saying you were peeing on the bed. And then Trump was like, I didn't even spend the night there. I don't, I don't even know what they're talking about. I'm like, we don't really need to spend the night to pee on a bed. Like, you could do that in, like, five minutes before you leave. Um, so a lot about that was just, like, really. Oh, well, yeah, because he was like. Because he was like, I'm a germaphobe. I didn't stay there. He's like, I mean, I stayed long. See, this is the thing, right? He always has his nice little contradictions, right? He's like, um, you know, I, I didn't stay there. I stayed long enough to, you know, be respectful. I'm always respectful of the people I do business in. He's like, but I didn't stay there. And then he's like yelling at Rod at some point where he's like, they have me thinking I like golden showers. It's like, no one said anyone peed on you. They I said they peed say, on the bed. <laughs> I say the funniest thing in that whole situation is when they were briefing Comey and they brought that up and they mentioned golden showers and Comey was just like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> oh yeah, what's that? <laughs> they, they looked at him for a second like, is he serious? Oh, you really don't know what it means. Okay, I'll tell you. And then when he told him, Comey was like, oh, 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 okay. <laughs> like, that's yeah. gross. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like Comey always seemed like he was a little naive because he did not understand. And I think at some point someone tells him like, it's like a kid with a lollipop. You got to give them the lollipop before they go to the dentist or something like that. And he's like, that's how it's like. But that just brought up uh, for me, I was thinking about contradictions and it was during their um, dinner together, right? I know we're going back to that, but at some point Trump says that, I forgot who the person was that, oh, that person doesn't know that we're meeting tonight. And then about five minutes later says, oh, well, they know that we're meeting tonight. And it was like, hmm, did anyone else catch that? And he did. He put it in his notes. But that's always how 
he seemed to be portrayed in this uh mini series and that's how it reminded me with the gold oh god the golden showers i forgot so about that because i was like wait what (laughs) the only reason why it was like cinched into my brain was i had never heard anything about that um so i'm like i'm listening to it i'm just like (laughs) if they made this up this was like the weirdest thing you could have made up like what where did that even come from so that's the only reason why it was like in my brain and i'm like yeah i'm definitely gonna bring this up if tia doesn't already have it down because that was weird I was going to ask if this show gave you any insight on something that you hadn't previously known. And there's my answer about the golden showers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will tell you a lot of this. um, By the way, I do have to say the best form of entertainment is to watch um, whenever these people are in front of like the grand jury or whatever, or the Congress or whatever, um, how nasty they get with each other. That is like, you know how like some like old, old people watch like Judge Judy and stuff like that. I could watch people arguing in Congress like all day and never get tired Um, because they're so rude to each other. Um, But yeah, a lot of this I didn't know to you. Like I said, I didn't I didn't keep up with any of this. Um, So almost I'd say 75 percent of this was like, oh, didn't know that. Oh, didn't know that. Didn't even know who you were. Um, so it, it taught me a lot. I feel that it taught, at least how the show portrayed it, I think that it taught me a lot of how the FBI is ran, really. Um, I think that it, it just was interesting to me because, you know, we saw what was going on with Hillary. As I said, we saw what was happening with Hillary Clinton's emails. You're getting people's opinions and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, to them, that is so stressful. Like they are literally responsible for this shit, knowing it's in the middle of an election and having to make the decision to tell Congress that they're reopening it or, you know, tell people that they um, found this or they found that. And, you know, knowing that the country is going to be so divided about all of it. Um, And I just thought that that was really interesting, the whole thing. I I don't watch the see that's the same reason why I don't watch the debates like it it gives me such like anxiety listening to people argue like that and you really wonder how they don't just start throwing hands after everything is done like how any of them are coworkers with each other because they're also nasty to each other um so that that is it but I think that that's honestly what the Comey rule offered for me I will say really quick, so I had the ability to um, send Billy Ray some questions that he sent back answers, right? Mm -hmm. And the one thing is that um, what confused me a little in the show was they take a break to show about a one-minute scene of the Pulse nightclub shooting, which was horrific, a horrific, horrific scene a horrific moment in American history, especially within the last few years. But it did take me out a little that we're in this whole like Hillary email scandal and da da da. And then they just decided for a moment to do a shot of the aftermath of the shooting. And so I asked Billy Ray that I said, you know, why did you show the Pulse nightclub shooting? I almost felt like it wasn't necessary and his answer was to kind of show people that the FBI was doing a lot more than just investigating Hillary's emails. Like, they do a lot more than just that shit, you know? Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. And one thing, uh, before we wrap this up, I was really um, I was really intrigued by how they were able to um, show this so well was – Remember how torn his office was? It was like, if we release this about Hillary, it'll kill her campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'll kill her. Like, if we release it and we find nothing, that's it. We can't come back from that. And he was like, what if we do nothing and then we do find something? Um, you know, it, it was that whole struggle. And I think there's a lot of people that believe if that story wasn't out before um, voting, she had a way better chance of winning. Um, but I love the internal struggle 
of that whole office of yeah what are we gonna do <laughs> you know yeah they all felt like that and they all raised really good questions and comey's whole thing the whole time was we cannot be concerned with that we just have to do our job um i think they even showed at the beginning of the uh mini series Hil the real hillary saying that um that really messed up her chances of winning um and i certainly know people in real life who felt that way as well but yeah i mean god there are so many factors um you know the whole russia investigation all of that i mean they they touched upon it in the show but i feel like all that happened too late it was once trump was elected that suddenly they're like well we have to think about ties with russia it's like he was already elected you know this a little too little too late but um anyway juan what would if you say were to rate this mini series out of 10 what would you rate it eight and a half eight and a half um i rarely like to give anything a 10 um i've only given one thing a 10 ever in my life um, but eight and a half, I think it's completely fair. This is the best kind of docu movie uh, that I've seen since. Um, uh, man, jeez, um, I'm blanking on name, but it was about Watergate. Uh, Frost v. Nixon. <laughs> uh, it was the best thing I've I've seen. Oh since. yeah, you love that. Yeah, I really, really, really did like that. Um, so I put it up there with that, and I gave both of those an eight and a half. I think an eight and a half would be fair. I'd probably give it that as well. My biggest complaint about the Comey rule is how short it was. I could have kept watching it. They could have legitimately made a 10 episode uh, show about this and I would have continued watching it just because I thought that it was shot very well. I thought that the sequences of events were well done and the casting was great. I had no complaint about any of the casting. I thought they all did a phenomenal job. So I would have love to watch more it just reminded me my biggest takeaway from it was it reminded me how much i liked michael kelly and how much i want the next season of jack ryan to come out and hopefully he'll be in it but um juan before i let you go uh why don't you let everyone know where we can find you what you got coming up next and all that good stuff um you guys can just keep an eye out for anything geek vibes related geek vibes nation that is literally everything that i do um stay tuned um you know me and t at some point will probably be doing a geek vibes live uh the boys is coming out so expect me and tia to be reviewing that for sure um and i am putting together a um halloween podcast uh where we break down some of the best horror movies uh in the his uh you know in the history of cinema um so stay tuned for that we want to do one hopefully every week uh until the end of october so stay tuned for that yes absolutely i'm sure that will be a really fun one i'm sure dom will be involved in it but uh as for me you can find me at tfab both on twitter and instagram but honestly just go to geek vibes nation uh you can find us geekvibesnation.com it has links to all of our social media accounts we have opinion pieces reviews news interviews all of that good stuff and stuff and just please let us know if you have anything you would be interested in hearing us review um joan it was amazing having you i'm glad that we were able to break down the comey rule and i can't wait till we uh break down the boys absolutely i'm so hyped i can't wait till midnight to you <laughs> all right everyone for those who are listening have yourself a great rest of your day bye <laughs>